Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hello, chickens. Uh, woo. We did get to the end of Matt's missive on season six uh, a week or so ago. I went on a tangent, uh, a whole week's worth of tangent off to Wendy Padbury World. Um, and then we watched The Mind Robber, Tales of the Tardis. It was fun. Um, I mean, it was fun for me. I don't know how you people are coping. Uh <laughs> But um, in Matt's missive, uh, he was excited about the Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe, um, which he popped at the end of season six because uh, it was the Christmas special, even though it's on the season seven box set disc thing. There's two Christmas specials in that season because Stephen Moffat took so long making Doctor Who that I think he had, I think, yeah, season seven's got nearly three Christmas specials in it. Like, it's a lot. Like, the seventh series of Doctor Who was, like, Christmas special, Christmas special, Christmas special, and then Peter Capaldi turned up. Um, It was a a hectic time for all of us. And a 50th anniversary. It was a big year. Uh, Well, it was a big three years, really. If there's three Christmas specials, that's three years. Uh, But... Yeah, I don't. I remember not loving the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. So when Matt was talking about how delightful it was, um, you know, Claire Skinner being just incredible as Madge Arwell, I remember her being quite nice and adorable. Um, uh, I was like, why? Why did you love this so much? I remember hating it. Um, so I went back and watched it again, and I think. The reason I hated it was because of everything that came before. Um, Because I was getting quite annoyed at the whole soap opera-ness. That's not even a word. The the soap opera storyline. You know, Amy's baby, then not having the baby, then Riversong being the baby. And then the doctor dying, but not dying. And the doctor being the test selector. And like, it was a lot of... 
convoluted weirdness. Like that last episode, um, The Wedding of River Song, has no storyline, realistically. It's a bunch of events trying to tie things up and it's like they're exciting moments like it's you know same with um uh, a good man goes to war like nothing really happens except there are a bunch of things that are important to the ongoing storyline and it's like but you know like at least with the you know the day of the moon and the the impossible astronaut um we had like a kind of a fun story about beating the silence and the silence were great and that well that was you know exciting but yeah so i think i was just like yeah i've had enough i don't like it <laughs> so i watched it and was like you know the doctor's being too silly this is this is dumb i don't like it um so i watched it again uh this week uh going well if matt loves it Maybe it's worth another look. And, you know, as I said, I have some of these episodes I haven't seen since they were on. Um, And as he points out, it's been 12 years (laughs) since this was the Christmas special. Um, So, I really enjoyed it in a way I had never before. Um, It's really fun. Like, Madge is wonderful. Why hasn't she come back? Um, I know Matt said, you know, he imagined she joined Torchwood. <laughs> um, but what a great character. Like, she's amazing. She carries the whole forest in her head. She's like, oh, yes, I never thought about carrying a forest. She can't drive and it's delightful. Um, the doctor being in the spacesuit backwards is hilarious. Uh, it's just like there's so much fun in it. You know, the other thing I think it annoyed me was because there were kids in it and I am always wary of Doctor Who having actual children in it. Um, Because a couple of times they tried in the past, it was terrible. Uh, I mean, there was the spooky kid in Remembrance of the Daleks, which I enjoyed. Um, But, you know, we've all seen the twin dilemma. It's no good. Uh, (laughs) By the way, I've... Matt, author of The Missive, sent me for my birthday the John Nathan Turner... um, book uh john nathan turner was the producer of doctor who from what 1980 like until 89 when it finished um like so he was the producer for the whole end of the the whole thing um and yeah the 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 reason the twin dilemma exists is kind of icky uh it's a fascinating book though like it's you know the guy who's written it has done interviews with him he used to do interviews for Doctor Who magazine um, when he was a teenager. It's so cute. Uh, but yeah, there's a whole uh, there's a whole lot of business going on about um, why certain things happened. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating. It's it's a really good book if you get a chance to read it. And you're if you're really that desperately into the crazy production. Um, also reminded me of like you know in in Britain now. Producers are often, like in America, you know, they're showrunners, um, which are basically the head writer slash producer, and they're in charge of everything. Um, And yeah, I listened to a podcast once with an American woman who was talking about how frustrated she found working in Australian television. She goes, because I've never seen so many non-writing producers work on a TV show, and that is a problem. Um, it's just, you know, producers are kind of like just in charge of the everyday running of the TV show and sometimes the writing gets in their way. 
Whereas if you're the head writer and the executive producer, you're kind of, you know... The, the the thing the two things are going in concert with one another as opposed to um, one of them being just annoying. It's like, well, why do we have to have it like that? Because that's the story. Anyway, um, <laughs> but it would look better like this. Yes, but that will also be confusing. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's how it works. It's, it, TV's strange. Um Anyway, I've gone way off track. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really I really did enjoy it like this time. It was it was actually quite delightful and gleeful and uh yeah, it's it was just it was a really cute moment um in because we've come out of so much kind of bleakness and death and destruction in the show and you know even though there's meant to be the joy of getting married of the doctor marrying river also a thing i was not okay with because why is the doctor getting married but you know he gets married and you know that's happened now and i've dealt i've dealt with it um because you know i don't want to be one of those crybaby fans it's like ah the doctor got married the doctor should never get married it's like well you go well, now he's married. Like, let's deal with it. Let's see how we feel about this experience as it goes on. Like, what's the point in being hideously resistant to everything that comes down the pipe? Because then are you actually enjoying the thing that you claim to enjoy? Um, I mean, the internet is rife at the moment with people furious about the X-Men having a non-binary character and the head writer uh, talking about their experience being black and gay on the, this is the new X-Men 97 cartoon and that, you know, the X-Men really spoke to them Uh, and like, there's all these people furious, like how can they be ruining the X-Men and making it woke? And it's like, the (laughs) X-Men was always an allegory for racism. It was always an allegory for homophobia. Like there, I remember in the, like the nineties, there was a whole, there was like a disease that only the X-Men got, like the only mutants got, as if it was, you know, like an AIDS parable. Like, this is just the world that... <laughs> that's, the, that's the X-Men. So, yeah, it's like I, I don't understand when people get angry at Doctor Who for being progressive or Star Trek or now the X-Men, and you're like, have you actually watched this show? Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I feel like... 12 years is long enough for me to have uh, gotten over whatever it was that annoyed me. And absolutely, like, I really enjoyed the Doctor, the Widow and the Wardrobe in a way I didn't think I ever could. It's it's not as good as A Christmas Carol, the one with Michael Gambon, which is just a masterpiece, like one of the best episodes of television ever made. Um, but it's still a really great episode of Doctor Who and Matt Smith is always just a delight. Claire Skinner's a delight. Bill Bailey's in it. Arabella Weir, who played the Doctor at Big Finish. It's fun. All right, more of Matt's missive in the next episode. <laughs> 